0: Welcome back to Revelation On Demand Podcast, a podcast dedicated to bringing you revelation from the Bible. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I'm joined today as usual by Mr. Chris Hess. Merry Christmas, buddy. How's it going? (coughs) I'm good, bro. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm always happy about this season because I I try and make it as special as possible for my kids. Uh, I know in previous years I've been kind of a, a Scrooge about... Christmas and and all that it entails, but I feel like now my kids are really starting to get to the age where they'll they actually really enjoy Christmas. So I'm I'm trying to be part of the spirit, you know, trying to be a joy during this time. Oh, is that because of the cultural adaptation to it? Yeah, no that that bothered me a lot when I first became a Christian. The the whole talking about uh, Santa Claus and all that, and wondering if I should really teach that to my kids and whatnot, but I I really feel like I've come to a good place with it all. Uh, I don't, I'm not so offended by it anymore. Not to mention, uh, you know, as Christians, we kind of taken over this holiday from the pagans anyways. So, uh,
1: right. Germanic influence or not, it's to celebrate the Lord now. And that's a successful victory. Yes.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's, that's that's what I've I've come to the place where I can celebrate the holiday, and even though you know it's not not actually Christ's birthday or anything like that, you know I I feel like it's I get the symbolism and in, in the whole identity of this the darkest time of the year is when Christ comes, the Savior, the light of the world. He comes and and you know brings light to the world. So I, I definitely I've gotten a lot more into it, and you know have taken a a biblical turn on the advent with the kids and they love hearing about the the scriptures that we go over every, every night. So they look forward to it. I do too. And I hope everyone else that listens, looks forward to doing similar things during Christmas at a guy. So you had something you wanted to talk about.
1: Oh, yeah. Normally, we talk about more serious subjects at the end of the episode, uh, after Mm -hmm. the scripture. Though, I just wanted to address, uh, we are here on Christmas Day in in the past, actually, because we recorded Mm -hmm. this episode right after the last episode. No offense. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on around this year. And we just want to be a voice of reason, or at least somewhat entertaining. I know we struggle at times. <laughs> mm. but somewhat entertaining to provide you with some knowledge that you can apply in situations currently this year. And to keep you happy and cheery and in the spirit, as he says. So no mm. matter what trouble you're going through right now, we want to be maybe a good distraction from it. And to provide mm-hmm. you with some insight, if that's all right with you, folks.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, hey, I think that's a lot of what we do: a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of learning. That's our our aim here.
1: <laughs> I didn't mean any offense to you either when I said that. I was no, being mediocre.
0: No. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like it's it's kind of where we we fit. You know, we, we're trying to be we're trying to bring more knowledge to just every Christian that's out there who's willing to listen, you know? So, and even maybe some non-Christians who are willing to listen, which, you know, could happen.
1: Whether you're here for Santa, Jesus, or Matthew, more specifically today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, last year we went over Luke's account. So this is our second Christmas episode where we're focusing mostly on uh, the Christmas stories, so or the Christmas story, I should say. It's just described multiple times throughout the gospel. Uh, so today, uh, this time we're going to go through Matthew's story. It's really short and sweet. It's only a couple lines, but it's packed full of references to prophecy that Jesus fulfilled, like everything is with Matthew's uh, gospel. He's probably the gospel writer that's most in the vein of what we study sort of thing, where he often brings up old prophecies that are in his scripture from the Old Testament and uh, points out where Jesus fulfills these things. He's often the one who says, you know, and this was done to fulfill scripture, so or to fulfill prophecy.
1: Right. And well, I guess that's just some scripture. background knowledge. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you. I didn't mean to cut you off there once again. No, no, go ahead. Uh, well, if you didn't know uh, and you wanted some background knowledge on this author, on this section of the Bible, Matthew, mm-hmm. is he was a direct disciple of Jesus. Jesus helped him mm-hmm. from making an escapade from the uh, Romans that he was ascribed to and more or less... Mm-hmm. Uh, Blackluster servant in a way, because he didn't agree with a lot of things he said and they mistreated him poorly. Jesus mm-hmm. found the opportunity to run across him uh, in a way that Matthew pretty much ran to him and was like, uh, I can follow you guys, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When he was with the disciples. Uh, if you read that section of the Bible where Matthew first comes in, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it too much. It's a great story. And that's the reason why I really like this guy uh not only his writing because he's so in the vein or involved and so mm-hmm. good at portraying mm-hmm. what he needs to is the fact mm-hmm. that he saw the glory of Christ and immediately was fascinated and wanted to dedicate to his life to him and conveyed that to him himself like I'm in it for I'm in it not just to win it but I'm in it for you
0: mhm yeah so do you want to split the reading again like we did last episode?
1: Why don't we go section for section this time?
0: Alright, right. All let's start off in Matthew 18 Alright Sorry, Matthew 1 verse 18 I know we, we're doing this a little bit differently than we normally would So uh, that is Matthew chapter 1 verse 18
1: Yes, we'll be covering that until verse 25, and then he'll take over. Let's get started. Mm -hmm. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her public disgrace, he had
0: Yes. So, right off the bat, Matthew is, is referencing a prophecy that's that was given in Isaiah 7, which says, Born of a virgin, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold... Oh, excuse me. Rough. The born of a virgin I wasn't supposed to read. <laughs> Anyways. Isaiah <Behold>. seven fourteen. <laughs> therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which we will get into that with the second section of this, this chunk of the Christmas story. Lots of translation there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Joseph right off the bat, uh, feel suspected what any, you know, normal person would suspect. Oh, my wife is pregnant. It must be because of another man. Uh, and he didn't want to believe her when she said, Oh no, it was the Holy spirit that did it. And, there's a lot of memes there uh, where Joseph is at this place is, he just doesn't believe it, but he doesn't want to disgrace her because in these times, he would have been fully in the right to divorce her publicly and have her stoned because this was against the Levitical laws that were specifically in places like Deuteronomy, where it says if a woman is adulterous before she gets married then basically the punishment was death but joseph was trying to be you know sly and was like okay i'll do this quietly so that it doesn't bring disgrace to the family and i'm sure this was more common at the time than necessarily killing people for making that mistake anymore uh but all of a sudden joseph gets this angel that comes to to him and of course as we've discussed in many episodes this was a horrifying sight this was you know just baffled him and the angel commands him from the lord to you know raise jesus as your own son this is this is uh, this is not what you think it is this is a a son that's going to be born of a virgin and then he gives him the name Jesus or Yeshua in Hebrew, which means uh, God saves us. And then we'll get into the other name, Emmanuel, that was given in, in Isaiah, which means God with us as we get into the second chunk. Is there anything you wanted to mention on that?
1: Well, a couple things. First, um, we'll get more into depth with the uh, literal translation of Jesus. Uh I would imagine here soon. (laughs) Yeah. I think you laid that out for us. Yes. And I like Joseph actually in this situation because you can tell he was willing to listen to the Lord and he had that consideration in him from the get go. A lot of arranged marriages back then were just ill willed and it was for the sake of power or, you Mm -hmm. know, charity, even in some cases. Uh, yeah. The fact that he did consider her life in the foreground shows that God chose him to be a worthy delegator, in a way, for his mm-hmm. son, and to teach him a mm-hmm. lesson in how to, more or less, stay with what you believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, talking to the son of God, who is also God, according to the Trinity, that's a, that's a complicated concept. Just bear with me. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) He might've learned more from him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, just to think like how it's, it's a miracle sort of thing. Like this, this sort of thing is so beyond what normally happens. It'd be hard for anyone at any time to just take this, but to to have the trust that the angel said, no, you need to raise this child as your own. And uh, he's going to be the salvation of, of the world. Like that, right. that would be intimidating. Just be like, oh gosh, like not only do I have to worry about what other people are going to think, because of course, you know, the people are going to talk and be like, oh, that's not his, his kid. You know, <clears throat> if anyone actually knows what's going on,
1: logistically yeah, how do you evaluate that as a man of the law i agree
0: yeah yeah no and, and and i'm sure there was plenty of rumors about it so he would have to put up with that on top of you know knowing oh someday your son is going to you know save his people and, and just to to be left with that not knowing what we know now you know like he's going to the cross he's going to take the world's sins with him like To be in Joseph's shoes at that time, trying to make that decision and not knowing what's going to happen, that just, it would be too much for anyone to see him just go, all right, God, I trust you. I trust, you know what you're doing in that situation is is amazing. And then, you know, on Mary's side to think that she had the courage to tell him like, Hey, this is a son of God. Like, And to stand up to him and be like, no, I didn't do anything out of wedlock to do this. Like, this was God's will. And just to have that tension start off their marriage, like, even before their marriage started, like, I could imagine that that just would cause so much tension between them that, you know, eventually would be, they would see why it all had to happen. But just, and of course, I, I think Joseph died before. Jesus went to the cross because yes. he's not really mentioned during that that whole uh, episode where Jesus is going to the cross. It's only Mary and his brothers and sisters, or one brother in particular, that shows up. Yeah. So. I want to add, the relationship of father and son is also a very
1: important concept in the Bible, as well as mm-hmm. any sort of family structure. We can get into it all day. Right. Um, mm mm-hmm. And we see a more presidually, if that's a word, uh, the predecessors to this part of the New Testament, we often saw father-like figures and how they were tested in the means of how they handled their family, their sons, or how their mm-hmm. own sons betrayed them, how they were willing mm-hmm. to, you know, there's all these crazy concepts here. Well, and they're real, just for the record. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. historically accurate. Now, in this situation, how often do we see the son being the savior of their own predecessor?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We, uh, yeah. I mean, I can't account for a single thing in the Bible where before this point we could say, oh, that dude, he set a better role than him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's got a lot to do with how, you know. They're spiritually and inherently uh, going to be affected. And that also, you know, like you were saying too, could be the talk of the town people that forever changes them. Yeah. (laughs) No, he took the word of God. He sat there and listened in his sleep mind, in his spiritual state. Yes, we addressed that spiritual state Mm -hmm. and was just like, wow. Okay. No, Mm -hmm. I believe it. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And took took quite a bit of faith, even, even with the angel telling him what was going to happen. So, continue on at verse 22. Yes. All this took place to fulfill the Lord, had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So very much there, it has two different names. And we're studying the, the names for Jesus with the kids as an Advent thing this year. And, and just to see the difference, well, we're between Joshua or, or Jesus and Emmanuel. He has all these names because I don't think one name can fully encompass all he was sent to do. If we, we like to dig into prophecy in this podcast and just to see how much prophecy there was to be fulfilled and how much of it was fulfilled just with Jesus. I think to have all these different names is, is just a byproduct of how much he needed to do when he came.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a really good standpoint too of that first thing you said as well. Um, just taking it back a step is there, there is no true definition on a human level as we're existent in the physical flesh that we can even surmount to the ability of understanding fully the Lord God or the Holy spirit. And that we find through discovery and that we find mm-hmm. through here and spiritual influence as well. And not just things you heard and hear hearsay that could be negative, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So digging into the, the languages a little bit, uh there there's a little bit of controversy on Isaiah seven fourteen where it talks the Hebrew word for the the virgin or the young woman there is Alma, which is just kind of a, a general word for women of marriageable age that quote unquote should be virgins, but it doesn't necessarily mean virgins. There's another Hebrew word that specifically means a virgin. But again, it, it was expected that women of this marital age would be virgins just because that's the way their culture was, but our wow. formal when,
1: application. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So however, when it's wrote in Greek, because all of the new testaments wrote in Greek, Matthew chooses a, a word that's more specific. Of course, it's not Greek. Doesn't have a specific word for virgin, but or I don't think it does. Uh, he uses the word Parthenos and several times throughout the gospel, whenever it's talking about being born of a virgin, it's using or or talking about virgin, it uses the same word Parthenos and it never uses this word to refer to a woman who wasn't a virgin. So uh, Parthenos is this, this word that mostly most of the time means virgin. It it could mean a non-virgin, but for like 90% of the use case, it's means virgin. So when he's pulling, when he's quoting Isaiah and he's using a more specific word than the Hebrew did, he's, he's trying to connect this idea that uh, there was some, there was some, you know, dispute over when that phrase or that stanza or that verse, excuse me, in Isaiah actually was to take place. Because there's some people who think it was was fulfilled during the time of Isaiah, or close thereof. But when you see it through this new lens, you can clearly see that Isaiah is talking about a f- much more future event where the Messiah would come.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's what Isaiah uh, was able to, uh, you know outstand the competition with anyone else because Mm -hmm. he was foretelling. We get a lot of foresight, if you will, Mm -hmm. on a spiritual level all throughout the Old Testament, and that's where it is proven in the New Testament. Uh, Mm -hmm. Even some things that lead up to obviously the end terms of Revelation. Mm -hmm. We started as a Revelation, the Book of Revelation podcast, and Mm -hmm. that's why we delve into these subjects that lead up to a lot of prophecies that are to be fulfilled because we're gifted Mm -hmm. along the way with characters like Isaiah, Mm -hmm. who was able to basically be one of the first who Mm -hmm. would see the future of what was to come in a positive spiritual way and not be influenced by something negative or manipulation. Uh, that being said, just to catch you guys up, the reason why we're going over those terms is a quick update. (laughs) Uh, The Bible was not written in English initially. How many different languages Mm -hmm. do you know was it written in, all collectively with the original documents?
0: The Torah was written in Hebrew, which is the Old Testament. Of course. And then the New Testament is written in Greek. And then there is a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint, which would be uh, probably one of the most complete translations of the entire Bible. So uh, Greek and Hebrew were the original languages that we are translating from. And it's not even like Greek, like modern Greek. It's this thing called Keone Greek, which is an ancient dialect that was spoken across the ancient world at that time. So at the time that the Romans were taking over and the gospel was starting to go around, everything was done in Greek because the majority of the world if it wasn't their first language, it was a trade language that they learned. So having the Roman infrastructure to deliver the, the, uh, gospel around the known world at the time, and that trade language in Keone Greek made it far more, it made it far more virulent than it would have been otherwise.
1: We're social studies nerds.
0: (laughs) just, (laughs) No, we're just Bible nerds, and you you get to dabble in all sorts of subjects when you study the Bible thoroughly. Yes. So, as we talked, Joseph did as the angel said; he he accepted Mary, and and uh, didn't. It says right there, it doesn't consummate the marriage until she gave birth to the son. Uh, this is I, <laughs> I don't want to start controversy on Christmas, but this is kind of a knock at those people who think uh, Mary was a virgin perpetually because apparently some people think she had to be a virgin until the day she died to be holy uh, or something like that. I'm not totally sold on oh, why, yeah. you why did, it's necessary. You have some strange uh, beliefs was, on that, don't you? Yeah, well, I don't think I have strange beliefs. I think it's strange for people to think that she needed to stay a virgin after giving birth to Jesus. Uh, I think he had many brothers and sisters, and we see them, We've seen the bro- some of the brothers in the gospel as it goes forward. So obviously yeah. Mary didn't didn't just stop after her firstborn and, and not have any more kids, and not to mention just the process of birthing a kid. Even if I mean it's not possible for most people, this is just a miraculous case. But the process of birth would would take that to hymen out the the thing for virginity to take that out so she wouldn't have been a virgin after she had jesus anyways so
1: well on a I, more I uh, if she's... you want to consider that on an anatomical level i i'm going to yeah. tell you you're accurate uh, yeah. uh because that's essentially common sense true. according to science or true. not
0: yeah and true if you're talking about i never been with a man okay fine she hasn't she was a virgin until the day they consummated their marriage. Then, if
1: you're yes, talking, you're about a more youth of pastor. A, just, you know what you're talking about. You know how to communicate <laughs> this as well to people that this may or may not concern uh, whether they want to hear it or not. That's the reality of it. True, he did have siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus did have siblings, mm-hmm. and he yeah. respected them.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I respected them. Yeah, he he loved them as he calls all of us to love our. You know, brothers, sisters, and people we don't know that well. So he he loved them. But when we get to the Easter story, we'll point out where he he actually gives his mother, and this is how we know Joseph wasn't around at the time, gives his mother to one of his disciples instead of, you know, like his brother is next in line. So, uh, in fact, his, his next brother didn't come around until he seen him again resurrected. Yes. So uh, not not to throw any shade on Mary, but she's she's the mother of Christ and she's an important figure but she's not nearly as important as Christ is. That's so. where
1: that's where the concept of uh, spiritual equality in a way exists and I know that mm. might sound controversial itself though he's right. Mm. He's talking about how we are all brothers and sisters of Christ. As mm-hmm. a believer, you are going to be held in a certain regard that is different mm-hmm. than anyone else, and that's because you are in the know and not in, in the knowing. Right? You have mm-hmm. knowledge on this, and that's why yeah. you sought the proper way. Uh, where in a multitude of cases, we find a lot of condemnation, and mm-hmm. by that term, basically means you know to persecute or to be mean. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. to end up in someone's, you know, you don't like someone because of what they are and because they're a sinner. So if you think about it from the very get-go, we are all brothers and sisters of Christ himself as well. Therefore, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a certain level of regard that we do need to be holding for other people. And especially I find this concept to bring this more relevant back into the Christmas spirit where you find people being nicer to each other. Uh, I feel like we should Mm -hmm. do that all year round. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've just culturally accepted that the only time in a year that we really need to be nice is on birthdays or, uh, you know, Christmas. I feel like we should apply a lot of those Christ like concepts, whether you're listening to this as a believer or someone that is interested in what we're talking about and might have found that last subject a little bit too deep, it's because of the fact that we are trying to relate as much as possible to our brothers and sisters. Whether it be through Mm -hmm. Christ, physically, it's all the same, especially to us, Mm -hmm. that is our belief, and that I find to be true. So therefore, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of these things in the Christmas spirit that, uh, I mean, I've talked about last year how we need to really hone in on being as giving as possible, as reaching out as possible Mm -hmm. during the Christmas time. And Mm -hmm. maybe this year you could start out with starting getting into the support spirit, the loving spirit of others. Whether Mm -hmm. they are sinners or not, at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. we've all sinned. And Mm -hmm. we all have the same opportunity to reach to Mm -hmm. Jesus and find the best possible way in life and thereafter, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to have an easy life, especially those that aren't experiencing easy lives. And maybe you think that, well, now maybe I could extend my arm a little bit to those who are in need. Absolutely. Uh, There are people in this life, brother or sister or not, we might go through all of similar stuff. We all have our struggles. Ultimately, I've learned at the end of the day, there's always going to be someone that is suffering, that is going through, and not to get too serious, that is going through a world completely different than yours from your physical perspective. And there's sometimes no way out but other than through Christ. And that's what keeps them going. That's a good lesson to learn from those people
0: yeah beautiful I, I think that i think that's the takeaway for today you know just we're, we're all in need of christ we we need to be brothers and sisters in christ we need to help one another that's i I can't say it any better man that, that was wonderful
1: yeah no problem and just remember if we're all family that means you better be treating your families well as well otherwise you end yeah. up on santa's naughty list and <laughs> it's still in the book of truth don't get us wrong we talked about this last episode God has a book of truth where all the names that are taken account that are uh granted entrance into heaven are written down in this mm-hmm. book and as a believer in Christ if you've given your soul to the Lord guess what you're in it for good and that mm-hmm. should be a standard you should hold yourself to as well yeah Not to intimidate anyone, (laughs) if if that sounds (laughs) a little scary. It's because, you know, life itself can really be, Mm. and I don't have to repeat this to anyone listening, is just such a complicated process. And it's better to band with people you love, appreciate, and learn from those that may not be appreciative of you uh, as well Mm. and find a way to help them. Or in the best possible way to secure your faith with them as well. Pray for them. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is a great time of year. You gather with your family, read biblical passages and pray. Mm-hmm. And of course, enjoy yourselves. This is like the number one time of year that everyone is, like I said, <laughs> very happy. That's the point of all this, right? Yeah. So it does dive in deeper to that and see how you might be able to understand different perspectives on that.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we'll let you guys go on a little bit earlier note today. Uh, Not as long as usual. We want you guys to have a Merry Christmas. Uh, Not everybody's going to listen to a podcast on their days off, but anyone who did, I appreciate it. And if you're listening to this far after Christmas, Happy New Year. You know? So... Thank you for listening to the Revelation On Demand podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. This is a completely private venture. and We receive no funding from any sources. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.